I love scrappers. Dro here with a quick disclaimer. Though we always strive to keep our content on Pot Against the Machine accessible to everyone, Call of Cthulhu is, by its very nature, a dark and sometimes disturbing game system. So, just a heads up that this particular McFib series may feature the following. Disturbing imagery. Physical and psychological injury. Discussions of psychological issues. Drugs and drug paraphernalia. Acts of violence. And other adult themes that, though we strive to keep them at a roughly PG-13 level, could nonetheless be uncomfortable for some listeners. So listener discretion is advised for this series. The man collapsed to the ground, dust puffing up around him. He coughed and tried to push himself back up, but his strength was all but gone. Surely Joe and the others will find me soon, he thought. His next thought was, who's Joe? He couldn't remember. He couldn't even remember who he was, just that he was lost and in trouble. And Joe, whoever that was, was sure to be looking for him. Pain racked his body, and he opened his mouth to scream, but all that came out was a hoarse, cracked whisper. He was so thirsty, so hungry. He forced himself to his knees and looked around. Just corn stalks, as far as he could see in every direction. No corn growing on them yet, though. It was too early in the year. Water, water everywhere, but not a drop to drink. <laughs> he sang the old line to himself in a raspy voice and let out a giggle. He forced himself to his feet, swayed, took a step, another. As he swung his leg a third time, the pain returned and he fell again. It was awful, like he was suddenly filled with glass. He looked at the back of his hand, clawed and spasming in the dust, and let out another final silent scream at what he saw. everybody welcome back to jimmy fame presents bonus against the machine more pod for your bod sponsored by charlie the lizard folks chicken emporium more cluck for your hey. buck how's everybody doing tonight that was a solid intro it was my fault uh for the folks at home that are not on our video call i wasn't holding the cue cards in order and that is why jerome had difficulty with our <laughs> 32 word supplementary yeah. pod title yeah but, and I'm telling you this because I don't, like my hips, lie like the most popular song in 2006 was Shakira and Wyclef Jean, where we are right now. Whoa. Mm -hmm. They do call him Honest Hip Zach. <laughs> <laughs> they do. And I was wondering until now, like, why we've just been calling Zach that this whole time. I was just kind of going along with it, but yeah. Yeah, there was like, no context clues for why that was a name. He just told us to start calling him that <laughs> yeah. way. Yeah, and I screamed at him. Yeah, no, it's true. <laughs> it's true. He truly, it's, uh, it's he kind of scary. like the kid yeah. in uh, Vivari. The merch really sells itself. Uh, <laughs> it's just sweatpants oh, with hello. honest across the butt instead of like pink. Honest. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm so excited for our first sweats. <laughs> I gotta wear. I'm gonna. I'm gonna commission those and wear those to work and see how far I get. Uh, goodness. Oh, hello. <laughs> so, when we uh, last left our party of intrepid uh, amnesiac 
possibly ghost hunters, uh, they had returned to the Hemingford Home Motor Hotel uh, after severely creeping out the desk clerk, who they unfortunately did not get the name of, who then locked himself in his office. They broke into a room that wasn't theirs and rifled through the uh, occupant's belongings, uh, reading several of her private emails, before eventually uh, collapsing from exhaustion in their own rooms. I believe uh, I got that correct, right? Sounds about right. Sounds Some more right. collapsy than others. Wouldn't it have been just the worst if we break into this room and it's like, Deborah, it's not even <laughs> Holly's stuff. It's like, yeah. ooh, I'm going to shuffle back out real quick. Yeah, the uh, thing you came to, like, oh, she's got to be room seven. Nope, turned out she was room oh, she was room 13. Uh, seven just happened to already be occupied. Yeah, or like one or <laughs> 12. Uh, so as we start the uh, morning, because it is morning now, we are going to start with, uh, I'm going to say the... Uh, order that I had everybody do their rolls before. So we're going to start this out with some rolls. Marlin, make me a luck roll. Making a luck roll. Rolling a d100. Yes, and you want to hit under your current luck. That's going to be 27 under 45. Right. So as Marlin uh, lays in his bed, fully dressed, he was maybe able to get a couple of the covers over him before he just collapsed. He has the strangest dream. And he dreams that he is maybe underground or in a cave of some kind. And he's injured. He's horribly injured. And... He's being chased by these awful things that he he thought he was handling everything okay, but he wasn't. They turned it around on him, and now they're following him, and they're destroying his children as they follow him. And he knows this might be the end. He didn't think it was possible. He didn't even think he could die, but he thinks they may kill him and as marlin awakes from this dream at uh, roughly 10:30 in the morning you are going to take Mm-mm. three points of grip damage a grip but also you are going to add three points to cthulhu mythos Ooh. on your character sheet fun and I, I guess there's only one spot to put that. You said three points? Yes, three points. The same as the amount of grip damage you took. Interesting. So okay. for the listeners who may not be as intimately familiar with Call of Cthulhu like we the players are, uh, I know in Delta Green there's a, a an amount, if you ever take a certain amount of grip damage at one time, then bad stuff happens, like temporary insanity. Is that a mechanic here, too? It is, uh, but I believe it is a higher amount than what she took. I hope so. I'm more prepared yes, for my uh, own roll when I take 13. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Marlin is good. Uh, that is not over the limit for that. It is five. I thought it was relational to how many... Uh, I will find it, but I know it's more than what... It's more than, uh, yeah, it is more than what this roll can give you, even at its max. I know for that much. Uh, so next we go to Obadiah, who is also managed to make it into his bed before collapsing. And he needs to give me a luck roll. Oh, no. Uh, that is an 86 over 40, which... In certain people's tables, an 86 is the worst possible result. So, yeah, I think (laughs) think he just dies. Uh, Luckily, this uh, table does not uh, ascribe to that rule. Uh, But it was, unfortunately, not a great result. Uh, Obadiah has a dream. He doesn't even realize he's dreaming. He is driving the van 
the van that you recognize from uh, waking up in it. And you're driving along and you see something off to the side of the road. And you pull over and you look and it's a house. It's an old beat up three-story house and it doesn't look that interesting but for some reason you feel like you need to go into it. You get out of the van, you walk up, and you reach for the doorknob. And as you do, the doorknob turns into the mouth of a gigantic spider and bites onto your hand. And you take two points of grip damage. And as with uh, Marlin, you jerk awake remembering this awful dream and then we are going to go to Colm oh good Colm give me that luck roll um how about a 94 over 70 um it's coming in hot uh Colm you're having a dream you are sitting in a house it's not the best house, but it's not the worst. And you recognize it. This is your house. And you're sitting on a couch. And you're looking at your arm. And you see these healing, like, injuries. It looks almost like maybe like needle pricks or something. But they're healing. And you think to yourself that you're doing a great job. That you're getting better and as you're looking all of a sudden you see your skin is moving and you swear you can see what looks like insects or something under it and you can feel it and then you jerk awake and you take three points of grip damage oh good Colm's doing bugs instead of meth oh man gross Oh, I oh, it. You know when you you go to do some meth and instead you do bugs? And it's bugs. So that's just the worst. <laughs> just uh, Cyrus. Oh, man. We need that luck oh, roll. I bet you this is going to be great. Yep. This is... <laughs> 98. Do bugs, uh, not drugs. Uh, 98. <laughs> above 50 is the body horror answer. I gotta try to make this radio friendly. <laughs> Which means I know I need to scale back when I see Izzy pull her headphones off. <laughs> Cyrus, you are... Wake, you wake up, you're in, as with a Colm, though you don't know this because it was his dream. You're in a house. You're in a uh, fairly nice bedroom. A well-appointed, queen-size bed. You wake up, you stretch, you look around, you think maybe all that crazy ghost hunting stuff was just some kind of weird dream. Go about your day, you're getting ready, you put on your nice suit, your tie, put on your watch, and as you're walking out the door, something just feels off. And you look down at your wrist, and you're not wearing a watch. There is a massive spider wrapped around your wrist, and you wake up, and you take one point of grip damage. Your hand up on my grip. So spidery. And I dip my grip. <laughs> we did. That song came out in 1996, not 2006. Do I heal? That's classic. Despite having the grip a dip? Uh, you heal one point from sleeping. But I think the more important question is does he wake up? <laughs> <laughs> he yeah, does I, wake I, up uh, on the floor as Colm also woke up. I somehow fell on uh, my sleep <laughs> apnea machine and did okay all night, just sleep-happing right on my face first. Face first, right into the mask. Very uh, fortuitous. And uh, I will say now, uh, you do all vividly remember these dreams. They feel less like dreams and more like memories. Like, you can remember them perfectly. And they really really disturb you like something is wrong and i will say if anybody wants to maybe look around their respective uh 
rooms they can. If you guys want to meet back up, you can. Uh, we'll say it's maybe about a quarter after ten in the morning. And you didn't get a lot of sleep, but you feel rested enough that you can probably keep going. And I imagine, honestly, you might not feel like you want to go back to sleep anyway after uh, these dreams. I'd like to peruse what presents past Peanutman left for for me amidst my lodgings. Do I need to roll or can I just invade my own privacy? Uh, there's some stuff you can see if you just look around. If you want to make a uh, spot hidden roll, you can. Yeah, why not? Rolling's going so well for me. <laughs> I roll a 94. I'm gonna just... <laughs> I don't. I don't. That's I don't. I don't. I don't get unbelievable. it. Unbelievable. This is amazing. I mean, perhaps a different die roller. Hey. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> yeah. just. Nope. Use die. Roll. Oh, yeah. Roll twenty and I. That's it. Yeah. I'll just open up a foundry game and just roll in there. So, uh, Cyrus, looking around your room, you see, uh, as with Holly's room, you have a suitcase with some clothes in it, uh, mostly. You see a sports coat hung up. You see mostly uh, button-down shirts, like kind of nicer clothing, some slacks. Maybe a casual pair of Kirkland you jeans in there, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you see a pair of, like, uh, casual clothes. Uh, it's actually a pair of just kind of, like, looks like, like, toss-in-the-wash weekend wear khakis. You see a, uh, on the counter or not the counter, the dresser of the room, you see what looks like a medicine bottle, a large bottle of some kind of liquid, a, a money clip, and a folder with something written on it. And that is all you see looking around. Uh, all right, well, I consume the, what I assume it's medication and that I probably have multiple conditions that necessitate both whatever is in that box. So I go check. Does it look like I am? Does daddy need his pills? Uh, if you look at it, you see it is appears to be a bottle of antidepressants, and they are, in fact, uh, have your name on it. They are prescribed to Cyrus Montgomery II. Uh, you see it is uh, take once a day. You do see on it, do not take with alcohol, which is interesting, because the bottle next to it is a bottle of Jim Beam whiskey. Mm. Man, that is half empty. That's what I assume. All right, so yeah, I uh, <laughs> I take both my medicines, as one does. Um, side note, please don't do this. Love yourself. We care about you. Um, but yes. I, in game, uh, Peanutman treats himself like Peanutman would, and uh, then pops open the folder seeing what's written on the front uh, you see uh, on the cover of the folder it is labeled interview questions HH and it is written in a kind of flowing handwriting that you don't know 100% for sure but you're pretty sure isn't yours and inside are printouts of the same interview questions that were on the uh, computer in Holly's room that are just kind of generic interview questions all right and um pick up my money clip with the blockbuster gift card on it yep and everything <laughs> yeah. else uh it actually if you look at it you have 300 dollars in this money clip <laughs> that's a lot in 2006 money <laughs> that you left in your room as you went out wow. to take before what a difference and, uh, yeah. uh, and you do actually see uh, one more thing that I forgot is not a roll because it is sitting on the desk very much out in the open. You see a, and I have on here what it is, a Lucite cube. And it says Savannah WJCL Award in Excellence 1997. <laughs> I love that he brings it and puts it out. It's nine years yes, old. It is sitting out prominently some, on his some journalist award that he probably won yeah. for. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Yep. Wow. Okay. Good. Well, so yeah. I polished that. I pick it up. And I go, 
And of course, the, the condensation that comes out of his mouth is, is not completely just clear. So it's a little streaky when he's done, but he puts it back up. Kind of checks himself in it into the like, weird distorted reflection he gets. All right, governor. And uh, pops the money clip in his pocket, uh, sticks the folder under his arm and pops out and he's gonna wait for his compatriots near the lobby because um, he wants to see if he can flag down the man that he fumbled the bag to so heavily yeah. last night. Right, so he heads out towards the lobby and as he does, he sees uh, something rather interesting. There is a police cruiser sitting in the parking lot of the motel. And uh, we're going to let uh, Peanutman stew on that as we uh, cut to our next role I see here, which was uh, Marlin got a 44, which I'm assuming was a uh, spot hidden to search your room. Yes, 44 under 75. Under 75, okay. All right. So in your room, you find some uh, spare uh, Marlin little ID cards you find some microphones, you find a large black metal box that one of the keys on your keychain fits, you open it up and it has a lot of like uh, egg crate material and like spaces where it looks like maybe audio equipment would set to not be damaged. You find a uh, small audio recorder which this one was a real mess to look up portable audio recorders in 2006. It's like a Tascam. Yeah, it is a Sony ICD P33 OF. Sure. Uh, not a Tiger Talk And boy. you also see... That's the wrong decade. Uh, yeah, it is not a Tiger Talk boy. Uh, and a the toy one of those uh, uh, and you see a uh, Sony Vio laptop oh uh. and you also got uh, you had a you also see a oh no you don't because that was on the room scan did I have something for a hard room scan for you I should have because they said to give one for everyone uh no, I didn't, and I apologize for that. I did not have a hard room scan, one for your room. That's okay. I just had a different thing. <laughs> what trophies? Uh, I will did let you, you roll. You know what? I'll let <laughs> yeah. you roll that over to the uh, if you want to look around on the computer. Yeah, I was gonna say I'll grab both of those and then head out to the lobby yeah. and also. Oh yeah, or you can just grab the laptop and take it with you. Yeah. Can I take the audio recorder? And the recorder also, yeah. And then going on to. Well, I could do Colm next, but the only reason he's next on there is because Jeff doesn't roll in the thing. Uh, and I feel bad because that's going to make Jeff last every time. So, you know what? We're going to do uh, Obadiah. What uh, Did you search your room? I just rolled and I thought, man, my chances are so low because my spot hidden is only 25. And I rolled a 24. Nice. <laughs> nice. That's a regular success. Uh, so, you find... You have, uh, there's, as with the other ones, there's clothes. Uh, you notice the clothing in yours is kind of eccentric. You see a lot of bow ties, a lot of kind of like old, like almost turn of the last century style clothing. Uh, all appears to be custom made to fit your frame. And you also find uh, there are several road maps and road atlases stacked up. And there are various local history books stacked up in your room and uh interestingly enough there is a business card for sid's garage which is funny you think since he didn't seem to know who the heck you guys were that maybe you had grabbed it just in town in case uh type thing and oh, but with that you do find also you see in between in your stack of road atlases you have a folder and written in this one in sharpie on the front of it is scan dash for holly and if you open it up you see that it is 
various scans of what looks like maybe newspaper clippings. Interesting. Uh, then, yeah, unlike his monstrous companions, uh, Obadiah will go and brush his teeth like a human. <laughs> and then, uh, I'm just having a good time, uh, before he goes outside, adjusts his bow tie, etc. And then he heads out, and uh, Colm, I saw, got a 34. Uh, what is that under? Uh, that's under 80. Ooh, nice. Not an extreme, but that is a hard. Uh, so you find uh, several canisters of film. You find uh, two digital cameras. You do not find a film camera, oddly enough. Uh, you find a small camcorder. You find some Colm business cards. You find an equipment case uh, similar to the one that Marlin had that when you open it up, it looks like maybe a like full-size video camera would have gone inside of it. And you find an, an Apple iBook with an external DVD drive, like one of those ones you have to like actually plug into it with a cord. I don't like this. That and... Colm would have an Apple product. I feel like I don't <laughs> yeah. know him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Colm has an Apple product. Okay, yeah. That is what Colm finds. So he also has a laptop. He has some cameras, some film equipment. Um, does a quick perusal of the camera show him any interesting pictures? Uh, if you look through the uh, saved storage in the two digital cameras, you see uh, several pictures of what look like maybe buildings in some small town. Uh, you see a real estate office. You see what looks like a police station. You see a, an um, auto garage, just various random locations. Uh, you do not see anything that looks like it might be the house you heard about. You do see a picture of a farmhouse, but it is not uh, the one that you guys stopped at, and it doesn't look like it would be like an abandoned haunted house type house. Nothing that looks like it might be Holly? Uh, you do... You know what I will say on one of them, if you scroll very far back, you see what looks like a group photo uh, you are not in it. You think maybe you're taking it, which is odd because you figured like you could should have been able to set up like a timer or something on this thing. I thought you were going to say but... it's odd because you're normally taking <laughs> copper pipes, but go on. <laughs> uh, it is it is the van. It is parked in front of a what looks like some kind of office building, and standing in front of it, smiling at the camera are your three compatriots and a young woman who looks like this. Ray, we found her, maybe. Ray. You see her and you take yeah. 12 grip damage. <laughs> uh, oddly enough, you do not take anything from seeing her in that picture, which is weird because you took damage when you heard her name, so... Does he recognize her? Uh, you get that same kind of sense of vaguely recognizing her that you guys all had when you woke up in the van and saw each other. Like, she's someone you know, but you don't know who, though you can infer from everything you've learned so far that it's almost certainly Holly. Okay, so I think he will um, take a quick second in the bathroom to splash water on his face and maybe also swish some water around in his mouth, but not brush his teeth. Just the... Just a little bit of a swish and spit, and then um, head out with the um, cameras and the laptop uh, to meet the others, and to also show them all who he believes is Holly. Right, so you head outside, and oddly enough, despite you all doing different things, maybe you woke up slightly earlier or later than each other, but even though some of you brushed teeth and <laughs> some of you got had more difficult clothes to put on than others you all come outside at basically a, about the same time and uh, I will say Cyrus opens his door slightly ahead of everybody else he steps out and then everybody else starts opening their doors 
and you all see this police cruiser parked in the parking lot. And what does everybody do? I'm going to put that computer back inside. We can look at that privately, just just in case. Yeah. Great. Marlin steps back in and sets his computer inside. Obadiah will step back in and just tuck that Smith & Wesson under his pillow. Because <laughs> he does not have a license to carry. Uh, he actually did have a license for... I believe you guys found that in the van, didn't you? Didn't uh, there a, a concealed I carry to say license? It, I think, yeah. Uh, oh, it was not a concealed carry license. It was just a gun permit. <laughs> yeah, you did not have a concealed carry license. Okay. I keep going. Yes, you can have it locked in the glove box of the van, but no, you cannot have it on you. You are correct. <laughs> I'm going to keep heading to the lobby because yep. yeah. Yep. I do not look at okay, the Okay, so uh, <laughs> as... Well, you don't see a cop, you just see a cop car. And as you get to the lobby, and you know what, I'll let you roll me a, uh, to maybe, like, see this early enough that, uh, you know what, roll me a, I know you're not trying to be sneaky, but I'm doing this kind of as saying, like, it lets you notice something before you get there, even though that's more spot hidden, but roll me a stealth. (laughs) Have we not had enough enjoyment at his expense? Let's see. That's a 35 over 20. I have nothing in stealth scope. Okay. Uh, so you walk right into the... I'm guessing you're, like, going right into the lobby. Mm-hmm. Like, you're... Yeah. Uh, you do not happen to think to, like, really pay attention to look through the glass before you walk in. And you walk into the lobby to see the... Uh, gentleman from earlier in the morning is talking to another man who looks like this. He is roughly the size of Obadiah, uh, but he's built like a professional weightlifter. And this guy's neck is like as thick around as somebody's leg. And he is uh, dressed in a police uniform and... Uh, he is, uh, I guess to describe him a bit more for the audience, uh, since we're not a visual format, uh, very large man, short cut, uh, dark hair starting to gray a bit on the sides, big bushy cop mustache, and he is talking to the, uh, old elderly proprietor, and as you open the door, their conversation cuts off, and they both turn and look at, uh, Cyrus. And uh, as Cyrus is going in, what is uh, everybody else doing? Uh, I know Marlin put his laptop back. Yeah. Can I can I do a quick scan and see if there's anything super outstanding on the laptop, and then I'll join everyone else? Just I was gonna discover discover with everyone, yeah. but I don't trust cop cars. Uh, you notice when you open it that your laptop is also password locked. I tried Ghostbusters. So you could sit there for you try Ghostbusters, uh nothing happens. You can give me a computer's role, or you can give me, because it is your own laptop, a psychology role to see if you can like maybe dredge up something from your memory of what this password might be. Don't know if I have either of those. Let's see. Computer psychology. Let's try psychology. Hey, that is super lucky. Thank you, Zach. I seem to have stolen all of your dice luck. It's a 7 under 10. All right. So you type in... No, I did not write what the password was for that one. So uh, what do you think Marlon's password was? Ghostbusters 2. (laughs) Somebody... Yeah, it's Ghostbusters 2, but it's spelled T-O-O. So uh, you do that, and you see on yours, you see there are some sound editing programs. uh, I don't know if maybe like Sony Vegas or something like that. Uh, If that was, again, I did not research enough to know if that was around in 2006. But you see sound editing programs, you see various stuff you see one thing that looks very interesting which is a sound file that is labeled n interview dash modulated 
Okay. Didn't we... Did we see that N was crossed out? I feel like we did not see that N was crossed out on the... N was not crossed out. Interesting. N was okay. not crossed out. Um, can I... Can I listen to it? Uh, you can. <laughs> Jeff is saying no, which which kind of makes me want it. That's fine. No, you can't. Actually, I'm just looking for the... Oh, I'm going to so do gonna... it. Because when Jeff says no, it probably means I shouldn't do it. I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> which means you have to do it. Which means I have to do it. Makes for sense. the drama. Okay. Uh, oh, this... I think everybody except... Uh, Jeff is in this as you play this and a uh, conversation starts playing and I just posted it in the uh, McFib and it is in order we, re- we should probably read this yeah yeah this is what you're hearing sorry <laughs> okay. uh, for listeners um, Marlin says we're good on my end Holmes says same N says, you sure this will be completely anonymous? Oh, I was thinking more like... And character, and then have you be N? Great, because that's going to be much more exciting. Put a thing over it in editing to make it sound like it's Okay, good, because I was going to like that. That's exciting. Sorry, I should have been more specific. All right, uh, break it on my end. Same. You're sure this will be completely anonymous? Positive. No one will know it's you talking. I was really hoping it would be the auto tune. <laughs> it almost I was. It pick. almost was. <laughs> uh, uh, <clears throat> All right then, let's stop now, Mister N. What can you tell us about the Cobsham Horror House? That place is wrong. Wrong? How, my friend? Could you? Please extrapolate. Hobsham did some real weird stuff when he built it. Then, as soon as he moved in, people started vanishing. Wait, there were disappearances while he was still living here? He looks at the camera. In the horror house? Yep. Started slow. One the first year, another three years later, and nothing for two more years than two in one year. Year he vanished, six people went missing in Havenford. In a town of less than 600 at the time. After he disappeared, there was nothing. Until Terrence. Now, now, Terrence, now, what, what can you tell us about those Terrence murders that you are referring to? Not much you don't already know, probably. Jack Terrence was a good guy, career vet, volunteer fireman. Even taking a caretaker job was something he did more because he didn't like the idea of that big ugly monster rotting into the ground while the lawyers fought over it. Last guy you'd expect to do what he did. And by what he did, you mean murder his wife and son and mutilate the bodies upon recognition. Yes, obviously. Of course. And, and so, have you seen anything there yourself? Anything, you know, out of the ordinary, as it were? Personally, not really. Once went in on bed as a kid, but so did everyone else who lives here. Didn't see anything then, but after Terrence, the disappearances started back up. Slow again at first, but now we're talking two or three a year at least. Every year for at least a decade. Oh crap. Um, should we, uh, cut that? Now, now, Holly can cut it later if she wants, but I'm leaving it in. This is interesting. It's really not. I have the records to prove it. National average for disappearances is around 600,000 a year. About six in a hundred thousand people. Our average here, in our town of less than a thousand, is three to five a year. Less total people, but nearly 100 times the national average. I see. And, and you, Anne, you think the Cobsham House is the reason for these disappearances? I know it is. And that is where the interview ends. 
remember at least as much of it as is in this file. Okay. And the police Great. are standing right outside the door listening to <laughs> <it>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Okay. So I will, I still have the voice recorder. Um, I will shut the computer, put it back wherever it was, and head out to the lobby. Right. Uh, and uh, Colm and Obadiah. Um, I think Colm did the, the deer in headlights kind of, I assume that I've done something wrong thing when he saw the cops. Um, and he, like, you know, freezes, goes all red in the face, and he's like, oh no! And he's like, takes a second, he's like, wait a second. This is fine. There's no problem here. But, you know, in his creepy, calm voice. And completely oblivious to the idea that he's carrying a laptop and multiple digital cameras will proceed to the left. <laughs> With arms full of electronics. <laughs> and Obadiah. I think seeing Marlin kind of not come back out of his room right away, he would probably kind of linger in his room for a little bit longer as well kind of see if there's anything else he might have missed. Uh, you know what? I will let you give me a, a second spot hidden if you want. Normally you're not really supposed to do more than one of a location because then people can just keep doing it till they get something. But... That was a 62 over 25. Uh, yeah. You should probably Nothing push still Just the same <laughs> stuff. <it. laughs> uh, so, jumping back to Cyrus in the lobby. This giant cop turns around and you see he has a uh, little nameplate on his uniform that says Bannerman. And he looks at you and he goes, well, if it isn't the man of the hour, Mr. Cyrus Montgomery II. Well, and, and how can I help you in the fine constabulary? this beautiful and picturesque town in which we find ourselves in. How are you gentlemen? Do you see? It's going to be a beautiful day out there, by the way. It's going to be hotter than a blister bug in a pepper patch, if I tell you what now. who I'm already sweating now. Um, anyway, so I'll be going then. Uh, how about first you tell me uh, what you did to your noggin there? Oh, this? Well, it don't make no never mind, as we like to say around making. It's, uh, <laughs> it ain't nothing but a silly little dust-up round a fender bender, as it were. But, uh, you know, not to be too covert about the covert, as it were, but we, we, uh, you know, my compatriots and I working so hard as we do as, uh, in our profession, in our um, position as the, the dread detectives and uh, you know we were working late and uh, unfortunately um, we, we ran aground of, of a culvert and I, 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 well, I, I, I square clocked my noggin as it were. It's, a, it's a bit embarrassing but I'm, I would say I'm on the mend I'm on the better side of it I did not understand the holistic healing powers of corn cob and how exactly did you uh, end up in this culvert? Oh, well, unfortunately, uh, we are accustomed to driving on roads that are, well, uh, studded with light fixtures that provide an ample condition for uh, optimal driving. And unfortunately, we just underestimated and had a, just, a, just a bit of a dust up. It's the van, I mean, you should see the, the van came out far worse than us. We're, we're fine. It was just a just a little roll in the corn, as we say, but not in the biblical sense, as it were. <laughs> and he just stares at you. He is staring daggers at you, and he said, As just so happens, I have Sergeant Wynn on his way to check your van, and hopefully... We will not find evidence of anything illegal in it. Now, Mr. Grady here, and he nods at the uh, old man, told me that when you came back this morning, dropped off by Sid, you seemed very uh, disoriented. He thought maybe you may be on some sort of substance, narcotic. Uh, I'm sure a... Uh, prestigious journalists like yourself would not object to 
Maybe a drug test? Well, sir, uh, that feels a bit out of line. If you felt it implicitly necessary as part of my being processed, as part of attainment, as part of a profit charge, then perhaps I would be willing to oblige, but... And he fixes his eye on Grady. You know, it, it pains me so to not see this altruistic, small-town spirit that I myself like to carry out of my hometown of Macon reflected on the faces that I'm seeing here today. I just told you that I rolled in a culvert, bonked my noggin, and only by the good graces of perhaps the most unpleasant man to wear nothing under his coveralls, made it back to this motor hotel last evening. And did Mr. Grady truly inquire about my well-being? Well, he did at one point, but when I attempted to explain it away, he instead lobbed accusations, which somehow hit as hard as the corn cob. Now, my friends, I would be willing to indulge any other continued line of questioning, but I must ask, is this how you normally treat the survivors of car accidents in this town? Make me... You know what, that was good enough that I'll let you do whichever is higher. Uh, fast talk or persuade. I'm gonna go for persuade. Please, this is the one time I don't want a funny roll close to 100. Please give me a good roll. All right, I roll a 20 under 80. Hey. So All right. that is not an, ex that is unfortunately not uh, an extreme, but it is. It is a hard. It, it is. <laughs> Which I will tell you, uh, Grady probably would have been fine with a regular. You needed at least a hard for the chief and you got it. So he kind of looks you up and down again, looks over at Grady and he just says, you know, you told me he was in a car crash, but you did not say anything about his freaking head. If you had, I wouldn't have taken the time to come all the way out here. I have other things to do, Grady. And he is then going to just storm out of the lobby. He slams the door behind him. And as you watch, he goes out. He gives kind of like a death glare to Colm as he passes him. And he squeezes himself into this cop car and drives off. So and I'll say that has taken long enough that uh, that was probably enough time for uh, the listening to the audio track. Yeah. So um, I guess right around then is when uh, Marlon heads back in, or at least back toward the lobby. I think with the, the chief gone, uh, Colm will go the rest of the way to the lobby and um, like kind of meekly smile at Peanutman. Uh, making friends then, are we? Peanutman turns back to the entire squad that's there and says, Well, <clears throat> now, Grady, how's your mama and them? Hmm? Just, you know, because I'm concerned about her well-being. At least somebody in this room is interested in acting like a compassionate human. Now, I'm going to give you a chance. When I told you last night that I was a talent scout, it's as the host of this show that I sit down and I look at faces. I look at talent, but I look beyond that, Grady. Grady, look at me. I look at souls. And I thought I saw something special that spectral beyond. But this morning, you know what I see? Same implicit, same critical, same scientific approach that shuts the door in the faces of young upstarts like the fine incorporeal investigators behind me here. <laughs> now, Grady, I'm going to give you one more chance to, to get on the good foot, as it were. I'd like you to sit down, calmly tell me and my friends about the events of the past four days. So as you can see, I am quite injured. We are missing a member of our party. And while I've just woken up, I have almost made it halfway through my pile of good tidings today. So far, just tolerating you, and God bless you for it. Does Grady die? 
I felt thoroughly <laughs> shamed by that, and I'm not physically there. So he kind of like, as you're saying this, he's like sinking into his sweater, and he goes, "Well, uh, first off, uh, Mr. Montgomery, my my dear old mother passed away 15 years ago. Uh, second, it was this morning, not last night." Uh, though I can understand the confusion again from your crash, uh, which I do apologize. Uh, you have to understand how confusing it was to see you come back and ask what you asked, and with Miss Holly missing and you not seeming to know where she is. I apologize for contacting the authorities. I did not expect Chief Bannerman himself to come down. Uh, that was as much a shock to me as it was to you. I apologize so much. Uh, you say the entire last four days. Uh, I mean, I don't know much about what you've been doing, just that you've been going out to talk to people in town for your show. You come back here every night, and then yesterday you left in the early afternoon and came back around maybe five o'clock, and all of you were in a crazy rush, grabbed a bunch of your stuff, and then went back out again and la next I saw you, you was this morning. And Holly was with us then. Yes. Yes, she was. And she sits for a moment, hanging in the air as the hook of Timbaland and Nelly's Promiscuous, which was the number one song at the time. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, lets that stew and looks back at the group. He says, well, I, I do believe if I had my druthers now, we would continue with this sort of amicable, easy way. Now, wouldn't we, Grady? Now, I believe my friends may have just a few more questions because they, again, might be less concussed than yours truly, but um, so would that. It starts bleeding again. Begins to <laughs> <laughs> And he'll uh, look at the rest of the party and go, uh, yes, I, again, I'm so, so sorry for what happened if rest of you have questions for whatever reason you have questions I still don't quite understand what's going on but please ask them and I'll answer best I can anybody else have something they want to ask uh, Grady I will say he does know a little bit of uh, stuff so I will say it's not like pointless to ask him he just might not know a lot of details because he really only kind of sees you when you're leaving and going um, but he might know a little bit what direction was it that, that we were going when, when we left in such a hurry yesterday? And he kind of stopped for a second and he goes, you know, that is interesting. Uh, you drove away from town. You actually were heading towards well, towards the horror house. Uh, now that you say that, yeah, that is uh, that is a little odd. That's, um, alright, I was kind of expecting that, but um, it doesn't feel great to hear. But um, any anybody else? Any good questions? Good ideas that maybe lead away from the horror house? Maybe well, just. I mean, if we're biting that biscuit, do you know anything about the horror house, my friend? I mean, about as much as everybody does. Uh, Terrence went nuts and killed his family. Uh, people say their ghosts are haunting the place. Uh, Cobbs himself, he was a nut job, but, I mean, you know more than me, and he points at, uh, specifically at Obadiah, oddly enough. All that time you spent the library, I mean, you went out by yourself three or four times, came back with all those books. What about Johnson? Disappearing young woman, perhaps by the surname of Johnson, or perhaps the first name, I don't judge, it's... Nebraska, then. Well, yeah, I, I, I assume that's the reason. Actually, and he thinks he goes, no, I don't assume it because Miss Holly said it. That's the reason you came. Uh, Amanda Johnson went missing. That's she said. That's what let you know that the Hemingford house is here. You, you both said the reason you wanted to do us was because it wasn't something, you know, like the Myrtle House or something that everybody and their grandmother knows about. This was a haunted house that wasn't national news. Now, 
given that it wasn't national news, have you had any other uh, any other folks like us stop by? Well, I mean, there was there was those Canadians, but they they gave up and they weren't like you. They wanted to make and he looks at you all again and uh, if someone wants to make uh, a persuade to keep him talking because he once again is very confused as to why you guys are asking things that you know or at least he thinks you know I'm, I'm gonna try because I think I, at an 80 I probably am the highest yeah okay please <laughs> I'm gonna spend luck I'm gonna spend I rolled an 81 I'm going to spend <laughs> one luck to make it an 80. But you'd actually want to do two. Two luck under your to make it a 79. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And with that, you do it. I will say uh, with him, because uh, you may not know this, but you kind of get the gist of it from the stuff he said. You guys have maybe been smoozing up to him for the time that you've been here. Uh, so he is amenable uh, to you, even with how weird you are. So that's enough. And he kind of shakes his head like he's just shaking it off like uh yeah the the film crew they wanted to make a one of those found footage movies you know like that Blair Witch one from a few years back but you know the people in town not like me the other people in town that don't like outsiders making a mess of they don't want us to be known as you know known for our haunted house they want to be known for being a nice small town so they weren't very nice to him. Uh, Chief wasn't very nice to him, and they decided it wasn't working out, and they left. Uh, that was months ago, though, well before you y'all ever showed up. And before this uh, Amanda Johnson disappearance. Yes, it was. Uh, she and he looks confused again, but then she said, "Yeah, she disappeared after the their graduation party. That that was not that long back. Uh, Canadians were a while ago." Oh, the sort of graduation party that might uh, precede one of these youthful, uh, youthful treasure huntings out in this horror house here. Yep, yeah, as always. Uh, as always. Did it myself when I was a kid. You know, you you break in and, well, and he kind of looks around. Goes, actually, I was 27 when I did it. I but say. that's because when I was a kid, it wasn't really a thing yet, and I really felt like I was missing out. But yeah, don't fair, fair. don't tell the chief. Did you see anything? No, no, I didn't see nothing. The place is creepy, though. What about any of the names on this list here? Does any of this? What what can you tell me about these people? Crossed off and not crossed off. Uh, and he will take a look at the, and he'll look through it and he goes. Well, there's uh, Mayor Carver, obviously. Uh, she's the mayor. There's Chief Bannerman. Uh, my voice keeps getting louder and softer. Uh, you just saw him. Uh, Miss Fairbanks, she's the realtor in charge of uh, whatever legal nonsense is going on with the whorehouse. Uh, the Plainsboro's there, the closest house to it. Uh, the... The Masons are closer to the town. Plainsboro's are in the other direction, but they're closer to the house. Uh, I'm guessing Johnson's friends are probably the girls' friends. Uh, and Chris and Huggins, I don't know. Though I'm guessing from the little line drawn here that those are probably two of her friends. And I have no idea what the N is. Uh, very, very cloak and daggery. I like it. Well, uh, thank you. That's a little bit of that trade craft, that, that glitzy magic that makes this crazy uh, machine run as we head out and uh, pursue poltergeists, as it were. May have written two or three of these down in between. <laughs> so, so I can remember. <laughs> um, well, now it's about time to mash that button. But does anybody think? Anything else, Grady could help us on in this moment. Grady, where, where does this realtor work work about? Uh, she works at a uh, Casa Grande. They're in town. Uh, it's on the on the town map. Uh, 
Didn't didn't I give you a map? I thought I gave you a you map. You could give me another map. What's another map before friends? Between. And I will say, uh, one of the maps Obadiah had in his room was the uh, map of the town. But uh, he will give you another one, too, <laughs> on top of that. Could you... Would you indulge me just a bit? I know I'm being devilish, but just circle a couple spots on the map for maybe corresponding names to uh, sure, and uh, he will do exactly that. There we go. Whoa! <laughs> Fun fact: This is an actual map of the town of Hemingford from 2004. Ah. From uh, some guy who had a website where he like went to random map pages and then wrote blogs about them, and I happened to find it. Honestly, one. the attention to detail here, Drew. Well done. I guess I would and not I will have found say uh, several things are renamed because I didn't want to use the real town names in a. Uh, <laughs> that Cassandale uh, Real uh, Estate? Yeah. <laughs> it's Casa Grande Real I Estate. I know, I read it as Cassandale really quick, yeah. though. Yeah. Uh, so that's there. You see a pharmacy, a diner, public library, a fire department, funeral home. Uh, it's a very small town. You notice there's like two main streets with a lot of little ones branching off it. It definitely looks as small as what you've been hearing it. Now, I, again, I, I realize that I'm, I'm truly getting my grits with you, but I have to I have to know who runs this mortuary right here. Uh, well, that's the uh, Bates Gould Funeral Home. Uh, that's uh, Mr. Bates runs that. Uh, but I don't know what that has to do with anything. The, the girl was missing. She wasn't dead. No, no, but how long has he had, had I assume that's probably a family business, is it not? Uh, yes, it is. It, uh, I believe it was opened by Mr. Big Gates's uh, grandfather and, uh, well, member of the Gould family, but they've, uh, since there's not really any of them left, the name stuck, though. All right, all right. I'm just, you know, we are here investigating a series of bizarre deaths, and I think it might be, you know, this is a little, just a little investigative journalism, a little methylate for you, as it were. <laughs> <laughs> a, a little nugget of wisdom. And uh, with that, I think we're getting uh, pretty close to uh, bedtime, but what is uh, everybody think they're going to do next? What's the party's uh, plan? I assume we haven't gotten a call about the van being ready yet? Uh, you have not, uh, though if Cyrus checks his phone, he hasn't got anything. Uh, if you ask Grady, he says he has not heard from Sid yet. So he will say, uh, actually, uh, oh, the van, uh, no, I haven't heard anything yet, but Sid works fast, and I mean, I'm no mechanic myself, but from what I saw, the damage didn't look too bad. I can't imagine another hour or two more wouldn't be enough for him. Well, if he rings, this is my cell phone number, if you don't already have it. Now, my compatriots, any ideas about where we might want to head next? Now, I don't mean to sway anyone's decision, but, uh, my friend Stickman here does seem to have walked out with a, a veritable treasure trove of technology and whatnot, and I am curious about that. Oh, um... Right, well, I, I didn't um, look at the laptop yet, but I um, just flipping through the cameras and he'll sort of wake the, the one camera back up and say, I think this is Holly. Um, Mr. Grady, can you confirm or deny that this, and he's pointing at the, the picture of Holly, that that's, um, yeah. And... Yeah, he gives you guys that weird look again, but he goes, well, Yes, that that's Miss Holly. That's her, all right? All right. So, yeah. Maybe we should um, go to, like, uh, one of the rooms to, to talk further and um, crack open this laptop and wait for the call, you know, and all that good stuff. I don't know if anybody else found anything worth looking at in the meantime. I might have some to relate to y'all when we get back to a room. I had a folder of some newspapers of things that I was supposed to scan for Miss Holly. Maybe some 
piece of information we haven't yet obtained could be relevant. Uh, all I have was this. And he hands the folder to Grady and he's like, these are some interview questions. I want you to study them. I think you've got a good future in front of you there, Grady. Yep. Really? Well, uh, nope. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr. Marco. <laughs> Ouch. Oh, no. scene. <laughs> yeah, and scene. I think uh, with that, the party will retire to uh, one of their rooms. Uh, probably not Cyrus's with his uh, open liquor bottle and lucite cube. <laughs> and... Uh, as they get ready to review some more evidence, I think I'm going to bed. <laughs> night, Jarrell. Good night, Jarrell. See you next time for more meth enacting. <laughs> hey, yo. <laughs> Catch the next episode of the Ectoplasmic Exterminators. The Revenant Revealers. <laughs> everybody welcome back to bonus against the machine by pot against the machine or yeah no uh (laughs) welcome back to bonus against the machine a supplementary podcast of pot against the machine ah we have it written down it's okay Uh, nobody well um Welcome back to Jimmy Fame Presents Bonus Against the Machine. By Pot Against the Machine, sponsored by Charlie the Lizard Folks Chicken Emporium. No. More cluck pot. Welcome back to. (laughs) Yep. Welcome back to Jimmy Fame Presents Bonus Against the Machine. More pod for your bod. Sponsored by Charlie the Lizard Folks Chicken Emporium. More cluck for your buck. I am probably going to leave the rest of those in as bloopers. How's everybody doing tonight? Boop. <laughs> See y'all in six months. <laughs> I know. Forget you again. <laughs>